I'm Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a programme about globalisation and the effects it has had on Ireland and other countries around the world over the last 50 years or so. In each programme we interview a person from another country or with strong connections to another country to get their unique perspective on globalisation as it has affected them, their country and its relationship with the wider world. There's a little bit of history, a dash of economics, a sprinkling of business and an overlay of personal experience both for me and from my interviewees from around the world. In today's programme we're going to the Americas to a Spanish-speaking country, a country with a population of over 49 million people, an economy with a GDP of over $300 billion in nominal terms and some $700 billion in uh, purchasing power parity, which is one of the largest in Latin America and is now expanding at a rate of, I think, perhaps in, in excess of 3% per annum. The country we are visiting is Colombia, a country more than 13 times the size of the island of Ireland, covering an area in excess of 1 million square kilometres. Within this massive area, Colombia encompasses a huge variety of climates, landscapes and people from the hot and humid Caribbean coast to the high peaks and cool valleys of the Andes Mountains, the steaming Amazon jungles and its wild Pacific coastline. It's a country with the second highest biodiversity ranking in the world with over 56,000 registered species. Happily, Colombia is now a country with a more hopeful and promising future than at any time over the last 40 or 50 years due to its peace progress which continues to progress and consolidate as its economy develops and expands in tandem. Today we will be talking with Ambassador of Colombia to Ireland, Ambassador Patricia Cortez Ortiz, who's here with us in the studio today. Welcome Ambassador Cortez and thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you Patrick and thank you so much for for this invitation to Interlinks. The program is really a great, a big honour for me to be here and a, and a great opportunity as well to talk about Colombia and all the interests and opportunities. You're very welcome. We're delighted to have you here. You. Could you tell us, uh, just situate uh, Colombia for us geographically with respect to Europe? Where exactly is Colombia? Yeah, Colombia is in the northwest um, corner of South America. Mm-hmm. It's, um, uh, it's as, I guess you did a very good description of what Colombia is, a very large country. Actually, we are the fourth largest country in Latin America. And our regions are basically, of course, we border both the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. And the Atlantic Which is I more of the is Caribbean. unique in South America. In exactly. Regard, yeah. It's the only country in South America yeah. that has, like, we border both, uh, both oceans. Both, both oceans. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have, in terms of, also in terms of regions, we have the Amazon region. We have the plains, which is called Los Llanos in Colombia. There is other huge uh, region. And the Andes, in which most of the, like, largest cities in Colombia are located. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's, that shows us as well why we are the second most biodiverse country in the world. It's very, very biodiverse. Mm-hmm. And geographically, it's, it depends a lot on, on the mountains, of course, on yeah. the range mountains that are, that, that are there. And also that gives a lot of uh, contribution for tourism. It's, it's very splendid in terms of the diversity and culture and, and geographic. And I just want to take this opportunity to mention as well in terms, not geographically, but in Colombia, that we are very strong democracy. This year we are celebrating the 200 years of our existence as republic. Mm-hmm. Colombia is a centralized government, but also with full independent powers, with check and balances that it's been working. It's one of the strongest democracies in, in, in actually in, in Latin America. As well. yeah. And uh, distance from Europe and journey time, and what's the most practical way to get to Colombia for business people, tourists, and so on? Yes, I think for, for business people, the, the way to connect, from, in particular from Ireland, is either through Madrid or Barcelona or London. London could be like the fastest. From London, it's 11 hours flight. Um, from Madrid, it's around 10, 10 hours flight. We also have connections from uh, Frankfurt from the Amsterdam, and also another possibility, it's a connection through the States. 
because, uh, I mean, there is a good connection here between Ireland and, uh, for example, New York and yeah. other cities. And we have very, very strong connections with the, with the U.S. that is our larger, mar- largest market. Excellent. Yes. So. And then I, I mentioned the size of the population and the area of the country. What other vital statistics of, of Colombia would you, would you mention, would you make yes, stand out? Uh, yeah, Colombia has transformed in the last 20 years in all possible terms in terms of the economics and, and the, of course, social indicators, which is very, very, very important as well in terms of security. As vital statistics, for example, our life expectancy is an average 70, I mean, 72 years, 71 years for 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 men and 79 for 28 for 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 women and now we have a health coverage in particular in the main cities of nearly 95 percent in mm-hmm. rural areas is is less it's, it's like 55 something percent and then um, but as well in terms of uh, social indicators we have moved a lot in terms of fighting poverty for example mm-hmm. we have in, in the, we at, at this moment we in, in the last 10 years we we decreased to it's 26 percent let's say mm-hmm. and the middle classes have expanded exactly right? as Maybe well doubled in 20 years yes doubled in 20 years and uh, and as well the um, as long as we move in the middle class is also the, all the realities of the middle cities, in, I mean mid-sized cities in Colombia, mm-hmm. because it's not only the capital, there is Bogota, it's 10 million, but also at least six, five or six major cities with an important number of population in which as well the middle class has has improved a lot. And, and also, let's say, in education, we have, of course, coverage. I mean, basic mm-hmm. uh, elementary school is, is free in Colombia. We have, of course, until third and fourth mm-hmm. level education. And it has always been high quality in Colombia, even through all the difficult times. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. I think one of the sectors that have been really really solid in Colombia is of course education and um, we, we have it uh, taking into account the accreditation for example in programs of mm-hmm. uh, third even four level education and uh, it's been uh, as, as you mentioned I mean in Colombia we have faced so many challenges but key things has been first of all our institution and also that we have been very solid in terms of our macroeconomic policy mm-hmm. and we do have a stable economy it's easier, of course, to get the investment in terms of education and all the public services mm-hmm. that we want. I forgot to mention, I mean, we have worked a lot. I mean, our inflation rate is, is less than 5%. Uh, and as well, the interest of unemployment now we are in the, it's less than two digits, is around 9% at this moment. I think it's so. important to mention also because, you know, like Ireland in the past, Colombia had an association with, with, with violence and conflict. But it's important to mention that Colombia today is a safe country to, to visit, whether you're a business person or whether you're a tourist. Isn't that the case? Yes, exactly. Uh, part of the transformation is as well the tourism, for example. In the years when we face the, the, the threat of the, of the narcos, this type of narco cartels that are defeated now, that don't exist, like the Pablo Escobar era, we, we had Medellin was like 70, 76 uh, homicide rate on 100,000 uh, habitant, habitants, which mm-hmm. is huge. Now we are in 26, 25, really average on uh, Latin America. Yeah. Last year we received nearly 6 million tourism, and like 20 years ago, we receive not even 500,000. Yeah. So that says a lot in terms... More, yeah. And even the air traffic, for example, uh, in 2018, the, the, the traffic in, in, in Colombia was about 35 million, so that's huge. Mm-hmm. And internally, it's like 23 million. And that's uh, one investment from, from Ireland, actually, that is the third largest airline. I, I think it's really yeah. taking advantage of that, which we are Viva, so glad Viva air, that is I think it's been Viva set up air. by a company called Arlandia. Arlandia, which Correct. is the kind of the same model of Ryanair. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> and so what's the current state of play with the peace process. I know through 2017, 2018, there was a referendum. 
uh, then there was um, uh, an election, and then there was a kind of a renegotiation. So where, where are you now with the, with the peace process? Yes, the peace process is now we are implementing the peace process. The peace process was uh, actually last week was the third year of the signing of the peace process. It's not really been negotiated. I mean, it was the, when it took to referendum, the referendum, they won the no option. But then through Congress, it was approved and as well by okay. Colombian Constitutional Court. So this current government, uh, what, what has done is basically been implementing the, the, the peace agreement, but of course with a very strong focus on legality. Why legality? Because it's very clear that all what is established in the peace process will be for those who will be part of the reintegration process and through the system. But those who will not follow what it says, they will be treated actually as criminals. So the justice part is working, which is a special jurisdiction for peace. The political participation of FARC is working. We are focusing a lot in the 170 municipalities that are most affected by violence. Mm-hmm. And, and in those 170 municipalities, I, I may say is the strongest focus on all the projects in, from, let's say, from rural transformation and as well from productive projects. And so far nearly 11,000 of former FARC members are still, you know, even there was a poll in which they say like 70%, they, they, they feel like it's, it's moving in the right direction. Of course, we still have many challenges, sure. but uh, we, we expect to, to, to be a process to be implemented in 10, 15, 12, 15 years, yeah. and we are in second years, yeah. third year perhaps. These things take a long time, as we know well from our exactly. process in Northern Ireland. Yes. So uh, as you say, I mean, it's a huge transformation that, of course, matters in terms of the economic opportunities, in particular tourism, for yeah. example. And how long have we had a Colombian embassy here in, in Dublin? And, and what are the principal objectives for you during your time here as ambassador? Yeah, we have had the Colombian embassy since August. We, we are actually arrived to open the embassy. That's August 2000. Oh, it was 2018. 18. Yes, yeah. thank you. And, um, uh, and this was a decision as well that uh, it was accompanied by Ireland also opening an embassy in Bogota in January this, this year. And uh, I think priorities, of course, I think Ireland and Colombia, we, we are really, you know, partners. We share values of democracy and human rights. We share many of our interests to, in terms of this political cooperation. But as well, I think it's basically economic opportunities. Uh, Colombia is a huge market. We have already a free trade agreement. Mm-hmm. It's at the part of Colombia and, and the European Union. a large consumer population. A large consumer population. And uh, we have important investment from Ireland. Uh, actually, the Small Fit Kappa has one That's of the right, strongest right, yeah. operations in, in Colombia with 5,000 actually employees, the one that I mentioned on Viva Air. Uh, there are movement because this government is moving a lot on the renewable energy. So there are some Irish companies in there and in the food sector as well. Mm-hmm. So I think those economic opportunities, tourism, definitely. And uh, to promote education and cultural links, but very focused, strong focus on, on cooperation and sharing good practices, for example, in agriculture, on topics that are priorities for Colombia, like innovation, entrepreneurship, or what is, we mm. call orange economy, which is more on creative there's industries. A lot, there's a lot of potential there for, yes. for mutual benefit. Yes, I think. exactly. And in Colombia itself, what are the sectors of the economy that are being prioritized? What are your strengths in terms of the sectors that you want to push forward? Yes, our strength is definitely one of one of the, the largest. Is a the agro agro food sector in particular since we already have the free trade agreement in particular products that are not for example produced here in Ireland like you know tropical fruits and of course in the agro sector is as well the Colombian flowers, the coffees, we are moving, we try to work very strongly on uh, coffee, like specialty coffees. Cacao is a new product that I should have men- I, I mentioned because actually cacao has been produced even on those 
regions of the reintegration that is happening. So I think it's a strong push, in the, of course, in the agro sector. Apparel as well is very strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are mm-hmm. really good producers on apparel. I was, also, I was surprised to find out recently you have a very strong um, dairy sector in, in, oh, yes. in Colombia as well. Yes, yes, yes. We, we, we do have a very, very strong, very solid. Actually, we export to some countries in Latin America. Mm-hmm. But uh, for example, dairy, it's one of the areas that in terms of cooperation and sharing practices, we are working with Ireland. We have an MOU between, you know, the scientific institutions like Chagas yeah. and the sister yeah. part. Ireland has a lot of expertise. Exactly. So this is, for example, one of the areas that we are trying to focus for, in particular for some of the regions. But but definitely Colombia is is, is, is a strong in dairy. So and the other part is in services, in particular with this, you know, the IT, the software. You know, in Colombia mm-hmm. we're working very strong based on talent and as well on incentive so on you, software you, the yeah. creation. You mentioned the uh, orange economy. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, orange economy. It, uh, President Duque uh, actually he he published and he did a book focusing the the creative actually. Exactly, more creative industries, what we call here. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, taking into account that you know all the cultural diversity in Colombia is how to promote, you know, from all different from arts, but as well to bring, you know, the entrepreneurship, the innovation, the whole package. How mm-hmm. to integrate that mm-hmm. into, you know, a, a concrete measures that facilitate the creative industries, and that's why we've been talking here with Ireland because Ireland actually has developed also, also very interesting models on creative and entrepreneurship. And this uh, this uh, term, orange economy, was that coined by? A, a, a Colombian um, was he an academic or a businessman? Yes, was actually president uh, President Duque. He he was for 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 a quite a number of years. He works at the IDB, uh, Inter American Development Bank mm. in, in Washington. And my understanding is that he worked actually with a scholar or something, and they did book. I mean, a very strong research. And yeah. most of the the the, lay, the name of the orange economy, my understanding is yeah, coming and, from. And I reckon the, that orange is the color of creativity. Is that right? Yes, yes. So, so, the, now, so yes. the original term was economia naranja. Exactly. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. But it's definitely how to because we are already working very strongly on that, but definitely, and it has to be like to facilitate business, as I mentioned, and the tax, for example, incentives and, you know, the whole package to facilitate that, yeah. to, to really, and Colombia is very innovative, for example, uh, Medellin, I forgot to mention, it was, is the, uh, actually the fourth center of revolution for the 4.0 yeah. from the World Bank is now in Medellin. And last year we launched uh, something that is called C, C Emprende, which is an entrepreneurship you know, uh, like innovation similar to the ones he uh, emprende, something like similar to F Station in France. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I read something uh, about the mayor of uh, Medellin and the uh, innovations in, in green technology, public transport, and lots of yes. lots of advances there. Yes, for example, in Medellin, actually, has the the UNESCO event on learning cities, and actually, the the, the mayor of Cork and the deputy mayor from Limerick and people from Dublin went there because it was a lot of focus on the learning cities and Medellin has been a model. Before it was Cork, actually, mm-hmm. before before that. And one of the areas that was part of the discussion was, you know, innovative solutions, uh, as uh, as you say, you know, how to bring, you know, those type of uh, more eco-friendly transportation, but as well the impact in the, in the public. Because Medellin, many... Definitely in Colombia, but for example, in the case of Medellin, it's really huge, the impact on not only the economic, but as well the social fabric transformation Mm -hmm. into neighborhoods with many of those solutions. And that was very important for that city in particular. Oh, yes. It went through a very difficult period in the 80s 80s and 90s. In the 80s, Medellin passed to be the most dangerous city in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And three years ago, was in a contestant by Wall Street Journal named the most innovative city in the world. Mm. So that's a a huge transformation. Yes. And then looking at Colombia, so say for uh, an Irish 
Irish business person either thinking of exporting to Colombia or investing in Colombia. Uh, it's major economic areas and population centres. We know Bogota, which is um, capital city, maybe 10 million people mm-hmm. in the Andes. High, it's quite high up. Sí. What are the other major areas? Yes, the other major, of course, Medellin is the second largest and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very, let's say, industrialised yeah. uh, economy there and as well with a lot of talent. Barranquilla is a very excellent uh, example as well. Barranquilla is our port city in the Caribbean. Okay. So most of the experts, you know, all these, for example, services, uh, some, uh, I think I was mentioning, like some of the ma- important pharmaceutical companies from mm-hmm. Colombia, they are based in Barranquilla. They are having, they, they are very industrialized as well in terms of the port. Uh, Cali is the closest to the Pacific. So Cali, it's a city of, uh, as, as well like Medellin, like around one point something, nearly two million okay. inhabitants, a very strong economy. But also we have even um, uh, cities of around 500,000 or 600,000, like in the, for example, coffee growing area, like mm. Pereira, like also have a good connectivity. Okay. Now we are increasing, I think I mentioned, is the market in terms of the airplane, you know, the, um, the, the people at the airports is like 23 million. So imagine that's huge. And that says a lot in the way that business as well are moving yeah. and are facilitating. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There's a, a contrast, I guess, in that part of the world where in the past, uh, Venezuela was was the jewel in the crown, and Colombia was a very yeah, troubled country. Purest, yeah. And now it's switched around. So Colombia uh, is developing very, very well, and Colombia, excuse me, Venezuela uh, is in crisis. So how? Is the crisis in Venezuela, the social, economic, humanitarian crisis, impacting in, in Colombia? Yeah, it is. It is it's impacting us. Well, a lot. I mean, just imagine in two years, nearly two years, we have received 1.5 million Venezuelans. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the past, it, it's a feeling of mm-hmm. in the past, many Colombians went to, to Venezuela, so, yeah, as you mentioned, yeah. because it was uh, basically for economic reasons. But that was not a process in two years. Imagine for us that we are, I mean, we are strong, we are moving, we are implementing a yeah. peace uh, mm-hmm. agreement. But imagine having... 1.5 million in which, even though, of course, Venezuelans, many have good education, but many as well arrive to Colombia in a very yeah. bad situation. Yeah. So it's, it's all the, you know, the resources economic to provide, for example, health, basic things, health, education, and labor conditions. So it's really huge. Now Venezuelans are in all the departments of Colombia. We don't have refugees. It's a migratory crisis. But the, the worst is that as the situation in Colombia, in, in Venezuela is still like worsening. There is mm. really not democracy There's there. No resolution if yet, there is no solution, mm. the, the, uh, it will continue. So yeah. this 1.5 million may end up yeah. to be nearly 2 million yeah. in so you have next year. Million. I think Venezuela has lost something like 5 million people in the last yes, number of years. Yes, 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 yes. In there, yes. Yeah. And I'm going to... And it, it really dwarfs what's happening in Europe with the migration crisis. You know, countries like Italy and Germany and uh, some other Eastern European countries have reacted. And even in the United Kingdom with, with Brexit, part of the uh, um, the content of that was, was an anti-immigration reaction. Yet the scale of migration you've had from your neighbour is is huge. Yes, it's very huge. I think, of course, the advantage as well, in a way, is that we Colombians, Venezuela, we are very much alike. Yeah, I mean, language, it's not that they customs, are coming yeah. with a huge different, let's say, or background or yeah. cultural. But anyway, the, 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 the reality as well, and, and we know that will be at the end a positive factor, but of course it has to be successful. But our resources, it's really at limit. That's why from yeah. the foreign policy view, we have highlighted the importance to get a peaceful solution, but a solution in, in Venezuela, mm-hmm. and as well the importance of international cooperation, like, to awareness of that type of situation, because it's not normal that a country receives such a huge... Yeah, in such a short space of time. Yes, exactly. And, uh, but anyway, we we are moving... This is definitely one of our challenges, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly, this is one of our challenges, and and as well, it's a long border, and, and... 
Uh, but anyway, this is something new. We fortunately we we haven't seen like really like discrimination. But anyway, it's still, I mean, I think Colombian people, some people have tried to, you know, to put the, any problem in Colombia is because of Venezuela. Sometimes you are listening now that, mm-hmm. but I think from all governments, local government, from the top to the the messages. We have to integrate them yeah. because we yeah. are not going to yeah. close the border. I mean, we have to have an po- yeah. open policy on that. So that might constitute the, the greatest um, challenge maybe to Colombia mm-hmm. in the coming years. In terms of opportunities, I know Colombia for some time has been a country that looks very much at uh, uh, free trade and being uh, involved in the, in the global economy. Where, where, where do you see the best or the greatest opportunities for Colombia economically? Yes, I think in, in, in terms, it's definitely, let's say, one of the big areas, of course, in, on, on the investment. We are we are working a lot on facilitating, you know, the framework of a very solid. We've been always like kind of a solid economy, but uh, facilitating the framework, for example, in terms of uh, even in terms of energy. Let's put an example. I mean, in climate change. I mean, in the Colombian renewable mat- uh, the matrix, energy matrix is is nearly clean. Is 80% is from hydro, so mm-hmm. it's renewable. Mm. I mean, Colombia, if you see in the terms of emission, is 0.0 something on terms of emission. But even though that we are really working a lot, and in particular, President Duke is working a lot on renewables, for example. Yeah. We open a bid on renewables because there are some areas in Colombia, like Guajira up in the north, where there's a huge opportunity. And as well, they, you know, how in the border area there is as well. So this, for example, there is a strong focus on, on the renewable part. Mm-hmm. The other part is what we were talking before on the creation industries and as well on the agrotech. I mean, we have a huge, you know, the border opportunities. And in a way, as we are moving in the implementation of peace and now we are more secure, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is a huge land, of course, respecting people's rights, indigenous rights, but there is a very huge opportunity on the yeah. agrotech. Yeah. Uh, sector that so we the future, are focusing on. The future on. Looks, looks bright in many ways, doesn't it? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. It looks right. As I mentioned, we, we, are, we are very open in Colombia, open to talk about country. We know that we are facing challenges like everyone else, mm. but we, are, we know that we are undoubtedly in the right direction. Yes. yes. As we uh, get now into maybe the, the final uh, uh, straight in the uh, interview, we'll maybe change gear a little, and I might just ask you a little bit about, about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what was your... Um, history and career before you became ambassador to, to Ireland for Colombia? Yes, well, I am foreign service uh, officer, career member of... Yeah, uh, career diplomat. Career so. diplomat, mm. yes. Uh, I've been in the career and the foreign service in the last 26 years. I have served abroad... Um, uh, twice in Washington, D.C., first in the consular section, then as a minister counselor in Washington, D.C. Um, and I also have served actually six years in Venezuela, which was very interesting in terms of the dynamic, you know, all the all possible topics uh, were in, in that agenda. And uh, internally, I've been working a lot on the America's agenda. I used to be coordinator for the U.S. and Canadian affairs, as well as the summit of the America process. Uh, right before coming here, I was director for the America. Which was, I, I was in charge of the following up of the relationship or the relations between Colombia and the 34 countries of the Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So this is, yeah, in terms of, 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 of my career. Before uh, I was member of the Foreign Service, I was, and actually my original career, let's say, and graduate from National University as nutrition and nutritionist and dietitian, but uh, I work just like a couple of years in the mm-hmm. area and then the international field probably more. Uh, and of course, I got a specialization on international relationships and you know all the part of the academia. Yeah. yeah. What kind of things do you like to do in your spare time when you're 
not fighting uh, Columbia's corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My spare time is definitely like I really like nature, like uh, walking, j- walking, and jogging, and I-, I think nature really inspires me. Yeah, <laughs> that's something that like being outside. Access, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. This is I-, I really like to be outside in terms of, of nature. This is something that I enjoy and I enjoy pretty a lot here in Ireland. Uh, and of course, more perhaps more than reading is definitely like movies. And I guess as, as Colombian as well, I, I, something that I love is, is dancing, for example. Yeah. This is something that I love. <laughs> I really love. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have to, to admit it. Yeah. Yes. I've heard good things about uh, Colombia in that regard, music, dance and having a, oh, good, yes. having a good time. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. So uh, as we're recording this, we're literally in the run-in to, to Christmas. So w- what's Christmas like in, in Colombia? What kind of things do you do and, and what is original about a Colombian uh, yeah. Christmas? Yeah, Christmas is a big celebration in Colombia. We started, like, say, formally in something like uh, the night of 7 of December before the well, uh, Catholic is Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate something Conception, yeah. Yes. The uh, 8th, I think, ex- it? That's the 8th. So yeah. on the 7, everyone, I may say everyone in Colombia go outside the street. They put, like, light candles around the window windows on the yeah. streets and you know even fireworks and you know yeah. this huge huge celebration it's like the launching of formally Christmas season in Colombia and then the nine days before Christmas we pray not, not really mass we do like in the houses yeah, or the, even in shopping malls the novenas, you do your and novenas like every day mix yeah. of praying carol singing and having fun in yeah. some people even some places they ended up dancing as well yeah. so in a way the last novena of course is the 24th mm-hmm. and we celebrate this the 24th late the eve not necessarily the 25th yeah. and you have your your main Christmas meal yes. on the evening of the 24th yes yes yeah. we do and uh, Colombia since it's so diverse we can I cannot say that it's only like national dish no yeah. but it's one particular one that is a very hearty soup that is named ajiaco you go to next time I hope you go <laughs> soon uh, you try it's made of potato and flavor of chicken and it has like an indigenous roots that is something it's a particular herb mm-hmm. that is called huasca but as well is from it, the is Spanish it spicy? No, it's no? not spicy. No, no. we are not spicy. No. No, we don't need <laughs> the spicy the food. No, 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 not at all. But but also has like from the Spaniard, for example, the capers. Yeah. Let's say so. It's, it's it's really it's, it's like getting together. But I think lately, as we are every time we got more tourism, more international. Lately, we do a lot of, of the turkey. But that's kind of let's say in the last ten years. Yeah, Before yeah. It was more like kind of the soup. Yeah, and yes. who and who brings the presents? El Niño Dios, originally. Yeah. Now we are more Santa style, but definitely not the, yeah. the kings. So like, the baby Jesus. It's originally. baby Jesus. Yeah, it's, baby and it's Jesus. that we pray for baby Jesus. So yeah. we got to make sure that on the 24th, someone puts baby Jesus <laughs> on the pesebre, on the nativity <laughs> set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's baby Jesus lately is Santa as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's it. On the, in January, on the, the, the kings? No, uh, no, the kings. Uh, well, in Spanish, they say Reyes Magos. But in, in English, I don't in know. In English, the, 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 uh, the Magi are the three wise men. The three wise men. The three wise men. Yeah, no, we don't... No, no, yeah. in Colombia it's not the three yeah. wise men. It's definitely either baby Jesus or Santa. Okay. When my children were were, were little, they, yeah. I used to ask them, please the, write a letter to Santa and to okay. baby Jesus. And it's on the night of the 24th at the presents. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. And uh, the, day, the, the day after is everyone enjoying their juice. Sure, yeah. sure. Yes. And then uh, have you read anything lately that inspired you that you would recommend to our listeners? Yes, well, uh, more that recently because I have to, actually it's this kind of the second or perhaps the third time that I read is that I guess since we are in the 200 year celebration of the Republic of Colombia, I was, I've been reading with my daughter again the the Garcia Marquez book of the general in his labyrinth, which actually is a depiction of courses, you know, not only on the fight of Bolivar, on the liberation, but as well, it, it says a lot on the Irish contribution to mm-hmm. this movement, uh, to this. Actually, Gabriel Garcia Marquez was inspired by the memoirs of Daniel O'Leary, 
to do his book. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, uh, it was perhaps the, the last book that I read, and I, I really invite you to, to read it. It's very, very interesting. And no, it's not new, but it, it's a lot. And, and as I say, perhaps because we are in the, these 200 years and, and in Ireland, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's astonishing, really, the, the role that the Irish played in, in, in many Latin American countries yes. and in their independence. And I think uh, one of uh, Bolivar's uh, right-hand men w- was actually an Irishman as well. Yes, it was Daniel O'Leary. Actually, he was born in Barracas Street in Cork. Really? Yes, and he was one of the three 3,500 Irish that went to the, the you know, as uh, some people say, they were, you know, they, they came uh, from mercenaries, from mm. idealists. But anyways, it's really impressive because at that time, of course, it was not Ireland, it was Britain. was mm-hmm. But it's in, very interesting, the you know, the number of Irish and, and of course, the legacy is so important. I yeah. think now we are recognizing more and more and more that. Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank Again, you, we've been yeah. uh, beaten by the clock. That always oh, yes. always happens here. So delighted to have spoken to you today about all of these subjects. Thank you very much again, Ambassador mm-hmm. Cortez. Uh, thank you, Patrick. Thank you so much. And happy Christmas. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Happy Christmas to you. All right. Okay. Thank you. And thank you also to all our listeners. And remember that you can read my blog on www.albalogistics.com and you can purchase my book, Uh, international supply chain relationships creating competitive advantage in a globalized economy which you will find on Amazon, Apple Books and Google Books. Thank you and keep well until next time.